Hi, you're listening to Walking the Walk, a podcast from Drs. Kelly Yannick and Michelle Kinderman from Wellness Outside the Box, where they'll share tools, tips, and strategies from their own experiences so you can not only hear them talk the talk, but walk the walk. The mission of Wellness Outside the Box is to use traditional clinical therapies combined with experiential and adventure-based learning to take therapy off the couch and outside the box. Good morning. Good morning. And how are you? I'm good. How are you doing this morning? It's it's quite crisp out. Uh, It's a little warmer down here in South Jersey, so I am in my happy zone of wearing, like, a light pant with my, like, comfy sweatshirt. So this is my favorite kind of weather. I feel like I'm on vacation, like, cozy sweatshirt, pants. But I'm also in my flip-flops, which is probably not ideal for walking the walk, but... I am. That's what I'm donning today. So, well, here, here's a vision for you. I have three layers mm. on. I've got thermal <laughs> pants under my sweatpants. I've got my warm socks on, and I've got my hiking boots on. So, okay, um, wait. Let's just confirm you're also in New Jersey, correct? Yeah. And it's June, June first, and you okay, are in New Jersey. It's 55 degrees. It's a little bit windy, and you know I am a warm weather person. Wow, maybe you should relocate down here. We could be closer, you could be warmer, yeah. it would be good for everybody. Yeah? I don't think that's even <laughs> for, for far enough south for me. I gotta no, go probably further. not. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some self-care today, huh? I like that topic. I do too, and I, I'm excited to kind of dispel some myths, because I think when people hear self-care, they think we're going to talk about making a bubble bath and doing your nails and reading a novel. And I think it's going to be good for us to kind of talk about how, while as that's lovely, that is not really what we're hoping to get out of the discussion about self-care. Yes. I I think one important piece of self-care that people sometimes forget about that goes goes hand-in-hand with self-care is self-compassion. Yeah. So in order to even want to engage in self-care, um, you have to have self-compassion. I was thinking about, you know, when we were we were talking about this as a topic, and, and I was really trying to think through the idea of self-care. And I feel like a lot of times the analogy comes out, you know, you got to put on your own oxygen mask first right. before you help someone else. And I thought about that, and if you are not willing to breathe, it won't yeah. actually matter if you put your own oxygen mask on first. So I think we need to, with the idea of that self-compassion, talk about you know, allowing yourself to breathe so that you are available to even put your own oxygen mask on because I think a lot of people just don't remember to breathe. And when push comes to shove, they're not going to put that mask on first. And even if they do, it's not going to be effective. So I think we can talk about some real practical ways to practice self-care and self-compassion. And if you want to continue on that, like I know you, you were going on and I kind of railroaded you. Sorry about that. No, no. I think so often we hear the excuse, I don't have time. I'm too busy. I have too many responsibilities. But if you think of, like you said, if you think of self-compassion and self-care like breathing, you know, you have time to breathe. and It's got to be as much a part of your day and your routine as breathing, almost. It has to be a conscious effort. You have to take an active role in self-care, in taking care of your own well-being, in finding your own happiness. You have to be an active participant in that. Right, and I think a lot of us prioritize things like getting 
our haircut because you notice your hair is getting long or you schedule other things as appointments because they're something that are kind of more visual or concrete, whereas this is something that is also a practice. It's just harder to recognize. Unfortunately, it's harder to recognize that you need to focus more on it if you're so far gone. Right. Kind of can go in a negative trajectory. So I think for myself, um, I'm very good at at sharing ideas with other people about Um, self-care. I think that's part of the fun of this podcast is because it made me really think about the ways that I actually – engage for myself in self-care and one of the ways I it was probably about six months ago I and this is obviously before all of the pandemic and COVID stuff started you know impacting our lives but I found myself to be a yes person because I really feel like I like to help people and get involved in things and do stuff and so I would say yes to everything and then find myself very resentful and angry and frustrated when I had no time. So I actually started putting post-its up, which sounds silly. And that's why the only reason I'm sharing it is because I feel like it's one of those things you hear about that people suggest you do, but no one ever actually does it. Um, I did put post-its in my car, in my calendar, and on my mirror in my bathroom that says, just say no, only do the things you want to do. And it actually helped because it actually sparked conversation from other people when they would see my notes to say, just say no, to kind of start to set a boundary for myself, to really think about and pause before I would immediately jump to saying yes to something, thinking about how that was going to play out long term. Was it something that really matched with my own values of what I wanted out of life right now and are the other things that I valued? So that it would give me pause to really think about that before I committed myself to something else. And it actually worked. I mean, I'm not 100%. I still occasionally get myself into a pickle by agreeing to something that later on I question. But it really did help drastically reduce my inclination to say yes to everything. That's one way. And it sounds goofy, but for me it was, you know, the idea of setting a boundary and and recognizing that my own time was just as valuable as what I could offer to other people. And Mm -hmm. if I wasn't, you know, if I wasn't going to go into something feeling good about it, I wasn't going to be able to do it well. So I wound up, it wound up not working out with, you know, doing too many things. Well, and I think, I think another spin on that, like I think that is a lot of that is self-care, but I think another piece of that is that you are just one of those people who seem to really love life. And there's so many things that you enjoy doing and find fun that at the moment when things are brought up to you, like they, they, you genuinely think that that sounds like fun. I, you, you know, you're just one of those people who enjoys yes, a lot of stuff and, and finds fun in things. So I think at the time it's brought up, you know, it's, it sounds like something you really want to do and you do really want to do it. But then when you, think it through if you do this and you do that and you do the other thing you're losing the time to uh you know have that downtime to take care of yourself and prioritize and right yep that's that's me in a nutshell (laughs) (laughs) if if it's shiny and going by i'm pretty excited about it yes so um Um, anything anything that's worked for you well i just want to go back to what you said in the beginning how you know, the bubble bath and doing your nails, those are all good things and those can be forms of self-care, but I think it starts at an even more basic level than that. Um, Mm -hmm. Not just the doing, 
but the thinking, the thoughts that we have, the thoughts that go through our head. So going back to self-compassion, if you're sitting there being critical of yourself, spending all your time thinking about all your responsibilities and what you have to do, and, you know, you sort of get into a negative loop or you're critical of yourself, those kinds of things will affect your emotional well-being, also your physical well-being most likely, but they'll affect your emotional well-being. And they're not, you're not being compassionate to yourself when you're constantly doing that. I shouldn't be walking uphill right now because I'm finding it hard to get all winded. That's so funny. But, uh, you know, I think it starts from your thoughts even, self-care and self-compassion. So, you know, just stop yourself when you're feeling lousy, when you're feeling upset or anxious. What are the thoughts that are going through your head? Are you being critical of yourself? Are you telling yourself you don't have time to do that, you know? You're lazy if you take a nap. You're irresponsible mm-hmm. if you do this. You're not a good mother if you go for a walk, right. you know, or take time for yourself. So it mm-hmm. starts at the basic level of your thoughts and then goes into actions. I agree. I, I, I think it's amazing how our brain works and how it's wired to, to negativity, um, you know, so much more so than defaulting to positive. I went for – I've been struggling, I think I mentioned in the last our last episode about with the running – and I had mentioned that I wasn't sure what was going to happen with the marathon, and it's officially gone. You know, the Boston Marathon has yeah. officially gone to a, a virtual, yeah, a virtual race. And I, you know, I took a day to to feel crappy and tantrum and feel sorry for myself, and then decided, well, I can do one of two things: I can just let it go, or I can I can run a virtual race. So I got up today, and I had a run. I had a run this morning. And it's a beautiful day, and I got up, and I felt good about going outside and all that. But toward the end, I was really kind of struggling along, you know, run walking. I didn't feel as good as I have felt running. And immediately the thought was, oh, this is awful. You're, you know, God, this is mm-hmm. clunky. What is the matter? And I thought, what is that? Like, I, I it, it literally was almost like dual thoughts because my my brain went, what? where is that coming from? <laughs> you have to do a yeah. podcast on self-care in about an hour. Like, where is that coming from? So I immediately thought and quickly changed it, and I, I really started to say to myself, you got up and you went out today. You got up and you went out today. Like, it didn't matter about the run. It mattered that I got up and I went out today. If I walked the whole thing, it, it really didn't matter. It was the fact that I took the steps, I got out the door, I, you know, attempted to do what I set out to do, and whether it was clunky or not, really was irrelevant, yet that is what my brain wanted to sneak in there. And it's it's so easy to get tempted by those negative thoughts, and they can really lead you down a crappy path. Well, and I don't even think you realize, like, for somebody like me who is not a runner, whatever run you did, first of all, I wouldn't be able to tell if it was clunky. And to me, it's amazing that somebody can just get up and run for miles. It's something... You know, maybe I could do, but I don't think so. I don't think mm-hmm. so. You know, so you you completely glossed over that and not giving yourself credit for running, right. period. I mean, just that is amazing. And what you've accomplished with the running and the triathlons and all that stuff, that completely went out the window. In that yeah, and that's, and that's what's amazing is that it really, no matter what, your brain often just defaults to to that negativity and – yeah, I feel like it's I, not good I, enough. You know, yeah, right. So I think it's really, it just really drove home the need to have 
mantras or other thoughts to quickly replace those with. So that's why when we talk about practicing self-compassion and self-care, it's something that you don't want to wait till you're in that moment because your brain's going to fight you on bringing out a mantra or bringing out a replacement thought. It's kind of taking time when you are feeling good to kind of jot down some of those things that you, you know, some good sayings like, I am enough. I am, you know, mm-hmm. I am, you know, coming up with those positive replacement thoughts so that you can practice them because it was yeah. good for me to pull that out in that moment to kind of counteract the negative, the negativity. Right. First, you have to be aware of the negative thoughts. And then if you have, like you said, at the ready, some positive thoughts, you know, getting yourself out of that negative loop and having those positive thoughts ready, having those, you know, positive self-affirmations ready to replace the negative thoughts, that's what's going to make a difference for you. Yeah, and I think what's helped with that is I have for, you know, for a while have been practicing mindfulness and meditation, and there are meditations you can listen to about loving kindness and self-compassion and self, you know, self-care where you're really focusing on your breath and you're focusing on kind of hearing those, you know, affirmations over and over again, and you're doing that in a more calm state. So that can help. So what we can do, too, is, you know, we'll have some recorded for our YouTube channel so that Mm -hmm. um, you guys can listen to those and kind of practice. Because this is a practice. Just like doing anything else, self-care and self-compassion is something you need to practice. Um, It doesn't just immediately come to you. Agreed. Um, The other thing I do when I do go out for a walk or a run is I listen to music um, because I feel like that really does help. You know, mm-hmm. keep me keep me distracted from my thoughts, but also, you know, it can it can really motivate me. And today I happened to, which was very timely, ironically, I was listening to. There's a Kelly Clarkson song, and the lyrics I really thought were pretty cool in terms of this idea of being kind to yourself. So I'm not going to sing because no one no one <laughs> needs to hear that. Although I don't know, I might be able to rock sing some karaoke. It, one of these I don't know. Um, so it's her song. I'm broken. And it's beautiful. And the one little section of it says, I know I'm superwoman. I know I'm strong. I know I've got this because I've had it all along. I'm phenomenal and I'm enough. I don't need you to tell me who to be. Can someone just hold me? Don't fix me. Don't try to change a thing. Can someone just know me? Because underneath I'm broken and it's beautiful. Can I just be tired? without piling on all sad and scared and out of time? Can I just be wild without feeling like I'm falling and losing my mind? And it obviously there's a lot of musical fun in there too, but I just really like the idea that we're all, if you look underneath, we all have cracks and we all have, none of us are perfect. We all are broken in our own ways and that's what makes us who we are. And so we shouldn't be trying to necessarily gloss over that and be happy and you know, I took my bath today, and I feel wonderful, and I'm great, right. and everything's wonderful. It's a more a matter of being kind to yourself in those moments where, where the paint is peeling or something is a little off or needs repair. You know, just give it that attention and appreciate all those parts of yourself. So that's my little tidbit for today. <laughs> I also, one thing that sometimes I, I tell clients, because they'll be talking, and they'll say something that doesn't, sound like something they would normally say to themselves. So sometimes I'll ask them, you know, whose voice is that? Because Mm. that doesn't sound like you talking to yourself. And I find I say that to myself a lot. 
when I'm critical, sometimes I, and sorry, Dad, if you're listening, but sometimes I, I, it's kind of my father sitting on my shoulder saying, you need mm. to be doing this, you should get this done and this done and this done, and that's not good enough. But, you know, that critical voice. And I stopped myself and said, all right, wait. I know that I, this time is important. I know that taking care of myself, going for the walk, whatever it is that I'm doing, will make me a happier, more content, more peaceful person, a better mother, a better role model, a better partner. So who, what, why am I thinking that? And I'll stop myself and I really have to think, all right, stop. That is not me talking. That is a voice from the past. It is not accurate. Mm-hmm. So kind of, you know, it goes back to the thoughts and sort of stopping yourself, challenging them and putting things back in perspective as they're happening. Right. I think that's a really good point because it it did, you know, just even today, like, where did that thought come from for me? Like, why would I, in the middle of doing something I was trying to do with this thought of, you know, oh, that was a crappy run. Like, I was, and it was, I really did question. I was like, what, where did that come from? Like, what does it matter? Why? But it is, you know, it's very hard to sometimes differentiate that your own thought or is that kind of something that you've heard or learned from the past and I think that's a great suggestion to challenge that and really question whose voice it is you are hearing because we wouldn't say those things to someone else because I thought it right I thought if I was running with a friend I wouldn't be like what this is a crappy run I would have been like come on you can do it you got this you got out of the you know you got out of bed this morning you got up you did this and I thought well why am I not giving myself the same attention that I would give someone else and the kindness yeah so I think it's, again, something we need to challenge in ourselves and then practice on that right. thought level. And for me, crappy and run can't be in the same sentence because you ran. <laughs> that's amazing. So, that's like an oxymoron. They don't, they just don't go together. Well, and I, that's a good – you just made a good point. It, it helps to have some people to kind of be your cheerleaders, you know, right. um, have that check-in. You know, you're already making me feel better. I'm just going to keep talking about this, and you're going to keep telling me how great I am for running, and I already feel better. But having, you know, kind of having a sounding board or if you want to, you know, I I feel like you hear about journaling, and sometimes people think, like, oh, what does it mean writing a diary? It sounds silly. But it can be really helpful to kind of write down those experiences when you have them and then you can you, writing just the process of writing them down. You can then process what happened and kind of come up with a solution for how you might counteract mm-hmm. that next time. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of really can help going back over time then to see where you were, what things happened, how you handled them, and start to notice patterns. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not so much your diary, you know, that kind of a scenario. Whereas journaling can really be more of a a thought record or almost like a training plan or a training guide for your self-compassion and kindness. So that is something that can be useful. Um, You can identify triggers that way, things that, you know, you can kind of go off the deep end if you're involved in, and then you can kind of help tweak where those are at. I don't know if any of that made sense. but It did. And one other thing I wanted to throw in is that I think one of the biggest challenges to self-care and self-compassion are the messages we get around us. There's so much pressure to be productive, to be, you know, a wonderful parent and a, an amazing worker and a, the perfect wife or the perfect spouse or, you know, there, there's so much pressure to be productive and, and in all roles in our life to give it our all and go, go, go. And, 
and you know it's not enough and you know work harder and achieve and and I think that sometimes gets in the way of our self care and you know with one of the biggest obstacles being guilt. Yeah, guilt if we try to take care of ourselves, but you have to remind yourself that being kind to yourself and practicing even small bits of self-care will make you a better role model, will make you a more productive worker, will make Mm -hmm. you a happier person. And a happier person, in my opinion, a more content person, a more relaxed person equals more productive worker, better mom, partner, friend, all those things. So, you know, instead of the guilt, if you can sort of reframe it into I'm doing something for myself, if those are your goals, one of the ways to accomplish that is to be productive with, within yourself. So if you need to take a day off from work to kind of get your life and your home life or your cleaning or your, your errands run because that's just, you know, cluttering your thoughts, then you need to take a day off and not feel guilty about it because when you come back and you've gotten all those other things accomplished, you're going to be able to focus and concentrate more as an employee. Now, if your work Right now, working from home is a challenge for a lot of us, and there's times where I need to, you know, let my kids watch back-to-back movies because I need to get something done, and I can't feel guilty about that because if I'm trying to get some work done, you know, you kind of have to set your priorities, set your goals, and then not feel guilty about the choices that you need to make sometimes because the ultimate outcome is going to be more, you know, more productive and positive if you allow yourself to kind of move things around and then not feel guilty about those choices in the moment because they're really part of a bigger picture, not those, you know, little steps along the way. And I think it's also linked to how we define success and happiness. So if you define success as feeling happy, feeling good in your life, then how can you not be successful if you don't take care of yourself? If you define success as work productivity, then that's different. But if you want that kind of success, you might be sacrificing sense of peace and happiness. And, um, you know, because financial success absolutely does not equal emotional success. And you can watch a reality show and see that. People with all the money in the world who are miserable. So Correct. Right. I think that's a future podcast topic. There you How to find happiness and success, actually, I think. Yeah, I think we could definitely do a podcast on happiness and success because I think a lot of times our idea of success is kind of warped. It is an individual definition, so it might be different for me than it is for you. But to leave emotional success out of the equation, I feel is a big mistake. So we should definitely talk more about that in another podcast. Yeah, I think that's a great idea because I think we are often given from outward sources the impression of what a successful life should be from a very yeah. early age. And yeah. so I think that's another thing that's ingrained in us from a young age, and that's a societal voice, I think, that kind of resonates over time when we're making decisions and things like that. So stay tuned for that as a future podcast. Yes. Hopefully in our next podcast we'll be less winded than we were today or I will be less winded. And by the way, definitely have too many layers on. I could have done with one less layer today. See? See you're, you're over 
You're, I don't know that you needed a thermal pants, for goodness sake. <laughs> Good grief. You know it's my fear of being cold. I'd rather be hot okay, than you, cold. Okay, I need you to take, you're going to need to take a picture of yourself. I want the hiking boots <laughs> okay. and all, so maybe when your kids can take it. All right. I will take a picture of what I am wearing, and we will put that up yes. on our Facebook and Instagram. Perfect. So that people can liars. see. Yes, you guys can actually see that we're, in fact, walking the walk. That what we're saying is true. We're not. We're not just kidding around and sitting in a you know, studio somewhere, we are actually out walking the walk. So, of course, yeah, doing so it, you tuned. can do it too. That's right. We are out and about. So stay tuned for more podcasts from Wellness Outside the Box, where we will enjoy walking the walk with you one mile at a time. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Walking the Walk, a podcast from Wellness Outside the Box. Please be sure to visit our YouTube channel, for videos on meditation, mindfulness, yoga, and other topics related to the field, visit our Instagram and Facebook pages or our website at www.wellnessoutsidethebox.com to check out our clinical offerings and other resources.